Welcome again to another edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. Marcus Path with Reggie Rizzo. Coming up on today's episode, NASA looks to speed up communication in space. Doritos does it again. You'll never guess what they've added nacho cheese flavoring to now. And one of the oldest artificial trees goes for a surprising amount at auction. All that plus this day in history. We stick with our Christmas theme. Coming up on Cool Stuff Ride Home. In an attempt to speed up communication in space, NASA has sent the first video by laser, and it featured a tabby cat named Taters. The high-definition video is 15 seconds long and shows Taters chasing a red laser on a couch. <laughs> the video was beamed to Caltech's Palomar Observatory from NASA's Psyche spacecraft, which is 19 million miles away. It took the video 101 seconds to be sent to Earth, at a maximum rate of 267 megabits per second. They loaded the video onto Psyche's laser communication before it blasted off in October on its way to a rare metal asteroid named Psyche-16. The video test was faster than most broadband internet connections on Earth. The test was done to try and speed up communication between Earth and astronauts when they travel on faraway missions. According to JPL, or NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, the laser system is designed to transmit data from deep space at rates of 10 to 100 times greater than the state-of-the-art radio frequency systems used by deep space missions today, end quote. But why a cat video? Well, the cat belonged to a JPL employee, and Bill Klipstein, the project manager for JPL, said, To make this significant event more memorable, we decided to work with designers at JPL to create a fun video, which captures the essence of the demo as part of the Psyche mission. You know, so the cat's chasing a laser. It's a laser test. It, you know, it oh, kind of makes sense. Oh, I see. I see what they did there. NASA plans on sending humans back to the moon with the Artemis program, but they are eyeing bigger projects like traveling to Mars, which the closest point is 34 million miles away. The furthest point is 250 million miles away. The goal of this program is to try to speed up communication when you're at those distances. The initial plans for Artemis were to send astronauts to the moon by 2025, but due to delays with SpaceX, a 2027 launch is more likely. So Marcus, cat videos, no longer just an Earth obsession, they are now in space. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm okay with it because I am an animal lover. I am not a cat person, first and foremost, but I know a lot of people who are, and, I, and I'm, I'm good with that. So you know what? Cat videos tend to be fun. They tend to be cute. So I guess why not? Uh, of course, I hope no alien life forms manage to stumble upon this because uh, they might see that cat and decide, no, we're done. We're not communicating with those individuals. That looks like a, uh, like a menacing character right there. Or when they travel to Earth, they'll want to talk to the cats, assuming they're in charge. Of course, of course. I mean, Although it would be hard to believe they found the cats to be in charge after seeing it chase a laser around the room. <laughs> well, I mean, I do that. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> well, snack lovers rejoice. Doritos has finally released alcohol. The brand says the flavor of its nacho cheese chips will be turned into a spirit while promising the drink will smell and taste like the snack itself. Thanks in part to a partnership with culinary flavor company Empirical. While the spirit doesn't fall into the traditional categories of gin, whiskey, tequila, etc., the Frito-Lay brand, that's the owner of Doritos, insists the new drink is best enjoyed in a margarita, Bloody Mary, old-fashioned, neat, 
or over ice. The limited release will be 42% alcohol and made using real chips by extracting their, quote, essence through vacuum <laughs> distillation, end quote, a process that operates at lower temperatures to preserve flavors. Boy, nothing like good old vacuum distillation. The drink is also made with malted barley and Belgian Saison yeast, which is known for its peppery, spicy flavor. Via press release, Tina Mahal, senior VP of marketing for Frito-Lay North America, said, quote, Doritos is all about disrupting culture and bringing our fans unexpected, bold experiences, end quote. Well, customers can already pre-order the new alcoholic beverage, although it was sold out when I checked the website. Of course, it will be on shelves in select New York and California markets next month for an estimated price of $65. So, of course, okay. Don't even ask the question. Nope. <laughs> not, Pass. not having it. I think oh. the same for me. Yeah, like, like I, I can't imagine drinking this neat nacho cheese Doritos neat. There is nothing yeah. fancy about that, and usually it's more of a high end way of of having a drink. Uh, neat, and and this just doesn't jive with that. I would like to be in the Doritos product development room though, because I really think the saying of "no bad ideas here." exist <laughs> i always love the pr quotes that are put in press releases too I, apparently doritos is all about disrupting culture and i guess this somehow does that that being said <laughs> if doritos alcohol wants to sponsor cool stuff ride home we're here for it we're ready to take <laughs> you on <laughs> yummy uh good old old-fashioned made with doritos nacho cheese alcohol yeah i i, I don't think i'll be having one of those anytime soon not your drink. That all being said, Reggie, are there any snacks out there that you would like to see turned into an alcoholic beverage or maybe just a beverage in general? I do like white chocolate, but I'm pretty sure something out there already exists for that. So that's basically my extreme chocolate flavored. Maybe beyond that. No. Yeah. Do they make white chocolate cocoa? I have to believe that's a thing somewhere. You, you would think so. I, I, I like my chocolate, white chocolate, dark chocolate, milk chocolate. Give me chocolate. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really have anything that I can think of. I do love nachos, like real nachos with real grated cheese melted on top of it. But uh, as a beverage, no thank you. A 103-year-old artificial Christmas tree was just auctioned off for a little over $4,000 in Britain. The tree, which kind of reminds me of Charlie Brown's Christmas tree, is only 31 inches tall, has 25 branches, 12 fake berries, and 6 mini candle holders. The original estimate for its sale and auction was around $65 to $90. In the past, similar trees sold up to $450, so this one far exceeded expectations. The tree was bought in 1920, likely from a Woolworths in London, and is thought to be one of the first mass-produced artificial trees. Back then, artificial trees were made from dyed feathers. The first bristle-style tree wasn't released until the 1930s and made by Addis Housewares Company. According to Dorothy Grant, who died in 2014 at the age of 101, the tree was brought home when she was eight years old and has served as her Christmas tree every year since. After her death, her daughter Shirley Hall, now 84, inherited the tree. Chris Hansen, the owner of Hansen's Auctioneers, who sold the tree, said, It has to be the humblest Christmas tree in the world. But as simple as it was, Dorothy loved it. It represented the magic of Christmas and became a staple of family celebrations for decades. The fact that it brought such joy to Dorothy is humbling in itself. It reminds us that extravagance and excess are not required 
to capture the spirit of Christmas. For Dorothy, it was enough to have a tree. It may appear sparse to us today, but to her, it was special. She enjoyed decorating it with cotton wool and made it look as if it was sprinkled with snow, end quote. According to the auction house, Shirley decided to sell the tree to honor her mother's memory and ensure that it survives as a humble reminder of the 1920s life, which they described as a boom-to-bust decade. As for why the tree sold so much more than others similar to it, Hansen said, It would have been bought for pennies originally, but it sold for thousands, and that's astonishing. I think it's down to the power of nostalgia. He added Dorothy's story resonated with people. He also credited the high selling price to the magic of Christmas. So, Marcus, my question for you is, fake or real? What kind of tree do you like? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fake tree guy at this point. Certainly growing up, my parents would take us out and pick out a real tree quite often, and that was a lot of fun. But as you know, they're a bit messier, and allergies are not kind to real trees in your home. And frankly, it's gotten to the point where these, these artificial trees look just as good, just as real, depending upon which one you buy as the real thing. And you don't have to put in the work and you don't have to go out and chop down a tree. So yeah, I mean, end of the day, that's, that's where I'm at, but I don't begrudge anyone that wants to have that experience and head out into the woods to make it happen. I'm reminded of uh, Chevy Chase and family in Christmas mm -hmm. vacation right now. I've never had a real tree. My really? entire life, I grew up, yeah, artificial tree my entire life because my parents didn't, I grew up pretty poor. So my parents didn't want to spend that money getting a tree every year. So they bought one and we used it every year. Right next to the Festivus pole? Right next to the Festivus pole. And, you know, actually, <laughs> I've mentioned before how I'm kind of a Scrooge when it comes to holidays. Yep. I've gotten to take down the Christmas tree early twice since I've had kids. The first time I put up the tree. Within 24 hours, I had a little son. He was around two years old. He started pulling on the tree and the tree came down, got destroyed. So it was a good excuse for me just to throw that one away and not have a tree anymore for Christmas. <laughs> the second time I got out of having a tree up, uh, I did put it up. It was up for about a week and the kids really upset me and I warned them I was going to cancel Christmas if they don't behave. They kept doing it. So I went... My wife was at work. I went and I started taking down the tree. It got put away about a week and a half early before Christmas. Let, let's just say uh, there were some tears and some very unhappy kids. Oh my gosh. No. Bah Your humbug. Kids are scarred for life. Bah Remember humbug. The year that dad canceled Christmas and took the tree down? Jeez. <laughs> oh man, that's wild. Do you not like having the tree? I love it in our living space because it's just, it's like ambient lighting when we're hanging out, watching movies at night or what have I you. hate the whole process of putting it up and taking it down. Right. It just annoys me. I, I, I don't like yeah. decorating. I think that's why so many people though, put it up immediately after Halloween just so that it, 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 at least if you're going to go through all that work, it'll be up for a solid two months and make it sort of worth your while. That's my, that's my guess anyway. I don't know if I'm going to put it up. I guess it's a permanent decoration in my house and I'll just decorate it for different holidays. Put hearts okay. on for Valentine. Maybe that's what I'll start doing. Yeah, I could dig that. I could get down on that. Yeah, the every holiday tree. <laughs> Sounds special. The every <laughs> holiday tree. <laughs> It's a special place in my heart for the every holiday tree. <laughs> Even though I claim to be a Scrooge, I'm going back once again to a Christmas classic for this day in history. This time, we're looking at It's a Wonderful Life. 
It premiered on December 20th, 1946 in New York. The film was directed by Frank Capra, starred James Stewart, Donna Reed, and Lionel Barrymore. It was based on a short story and booklet called The Greatest Gift by Philip Van Dorenstern in 1943, which was loosely based on A Christmas Carol, which we covered yesterday on This Day in History. The Greatest Gift was actually a 24-page pamphlet that Van Dorenstern mailed to 200 family members and friends in 1943. RKO Pictures bought the rights to the story for $10,000. Now, the initial release for It's a Wonderful Life was a huge disappointment. The film cost $2.3 million to make, but after disappointing box office numbers, it remained a $525,000 write-off for Liberty Films, which ended up only creating two movies before it had to be shut down, It's a Wonderful Life and State of the Union, which was released in 1948. Even though the box office numbers weren't there, It's a Wonderful Life did snag six Oscar nominations, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actor, but they only had one win, Technical Achievement for the movie's Chemical Snow. They were also nominated for Best Film Editing and Best Sound Recording. So, Marcus, are you a fan? Do you like It's a Wonderful Life? Um, Yeah, I think so. It's Honestly, it's not one that I watch every year. The other movies that we've covered, of course, The Grinch, um, Christmas Carol in, in some form or fashion. There's uh, just too many to count at this point. I watch those every year. But it's a wonderful life. I will I will take it in if it's on TV, which it always is around the holidays. So if I happen to channel surf past it, I'll stop and watch for a while. I mean, it's a it's a good movie, just not one that tops my list of Christmas classics. Right. It's 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 no home alone. No, (laughs) no Die Hard. That's right. We'll start a controversy here. It's no Die Hard. Oh, I know. I know. Somebody's going to email us. And be very angry. No, I mean, a fantastic movie. James Stewart was uh, was was brilliant as, uh, and as you can see, all of the different award nominations, pretty impressive. But I am surprised that it was such a flop at the box office at that point. That's a little surprising. Uh, unfortunate for Liberty Films, I guess. I enjoyed the movie. Um, I've always enjoyed it. I don't know if it's like my favorite movie of all time, but I enjoyed it. In fact, in one of my years of radio, we did a radio production of it. A little loosey-goosey, but we had a lot of fun with it. Raised some donation money for it. So we had fun doing a radio version of it, but I always enjoyed the movie myself. You know, Philip Van Dorenstern, that's maybe the most profitable Christmas card anyone has ever sent their family members (laughs) purchase for 10k at in 1943 that's uh, that's some good scratch at that point yeah i don't think i'm getting paid for my christmas cards this year oh wait i didn't send any (laughs) i'm right there with you Thanks for joining us on another edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. If you have any comments for us, uh, you don't like my Christmas stories or anything along those lines, email us at uh, coolstuffcommute at gmail.com. With Marcus Path, I'm Reggie Rizzo. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. Cool Stuff Ride Home.